Today on State Scoop's Priorities Podcast from Scoop News Group, how digital service delivery is changing in Oklahoma. Welcome to State Scoop's Priorities Podcast. Every Thursday, you'll get insights into the state and local government technology community. You'll hear from top leaders across the state and local world and learn about the latest news and trends ahead for the industry. I'm your host, Jake Williams. Here's what's happening this week. Illinois CIO Jennifer Ricker is stepping down. Ricker leaves her post as the state's IT lead and secretary of the Department of Innovation and Technology after more than three years with the agency. And as Governor J.B. Pritzker takes the oath of office for his second term, Ricker has been in state government since 1999. The agency's deputy secretary, Brandon Ragel, will take the helm of the agency on an interim basis. California is using a high-tech airplane normally used for wildfire response to optimize how the state deals with a severe wind and rainstorm. The plane is equipped with infrared cameras and data forecasting tools and is normally used during wildfire crises to help map hazardous areas. Kansas Governor Laura Kelly is naming new technology leadership for her second term. Jeff Maxson, the state's chief information security officer, will be the state's interim IT lead after the departure of D'Angelo Burns-Wallace. Kelly also appointed Adam Profit, her budget director since 2020, as the state's secretary of administration. You can find these stories and more at statesgroup.com and in links in today's show notes. Oklahoma's new digital services division, Service Oklahoma, is rolling out a new effort to digitize how residents apply for disability parking placards. The effort won the National Association of State Chief Administrators 2022 Innovations in State Government Award. The new digital application is the division's sixth project since Governor Kevin Stitt signed a law creating the team within the state's Office of Management and Enterprise Services last year. Jay Doyle, the CEO of Service Oklahoma, tells State Scoop's Keely Quinlan about the new division. HP 3419 was the culmination of really a year-long effort of citizens, stakeholders of all levels working together and collaborating to say, hey, we need to deliver government services to our citizens in a better format, in a better way. Um, and so HP 3419 and the creation of Service Oklahoma was the culmination of those efforts. Um, and really, we view it as a omni-channel approach. So it's it's not just our online portal, but it's also in-person services and on-call and customer support. So we wanna be sure that we're, we're providing a consistent, excellent experience across really all three of those avenues. Um, and so the, the creation and, and kind of the startup or the foundation of Service Oklahoma is we built a small startup team um, internally, but we also inherited the driver's license services team from our Department of Public Safety and just a couple of days ago, the motor vehicles team from the Oklahoma Tax Commission as well. And so um, as of today, we have roughly 350 employees um, administering these you know, really your stereotypical DMV services at this point um, for the citizens of the state. And so we're really trying to take the historical services and finding ways to start designing them or improving them for our citizens. And so really our approach has been um, one of, we want to do, one, do small iterations, I guess is a, is a good way to say it, is that we want to take a look at processes or services that we provide that are pain points for citizens, um, talk to them about how this could be an easier service for them to actually uh, achieve or deliver. So how can we make it simpler? How can we make it more accessible? How can we streamline it for those citizens? Um, and then build a pilot that we can then iterate on over time as well. In that law, there were requirements about standardizing the process for obtaining driver and motor vehicle services. But y'all went above and beyond, right, with with designing that um, portal with, you know, functionality and accessibility in mind. Can you talk about why that was important to you? Yeah, no, and I, I think the the really the biggest thing for us is we want to find ways to deliver services to all Oklahomans and all of our residents. And that it doesn't matter if you live in Poto or in Ponca City or Paul's Valley. It doesn't matter if you're 18 or 65. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're 
male or female or whatever whatever it is, is we want to be sure that you have access to the services that you want when you want them and the means or the methods that you want to actually achieve those services. In. Um, so it was really important for us to, to find ways to really, like I said, everything we want to do is be obsessed about focusing things on our citizens and our customers um, and how can we deliver services in the best way possible for them. Gotcha. So by way of making the process more streamlined, right, the implementation of smart forms was mm -hmm. something that y'all uh, spearheaded. Can you talk about why that's important to have that available as an option? Yeah, and, and so I think, you know, for for me, it, and it goes back to, I think, a little bit of one, we want to standardize our tech stack. And so we want to be sure that anything that we do, we're using the same type of technology across our whole system. So we want to have a standardized process for how we roll out a product or, or a process. Um, I think, you know, in a lot of ways, we want to be sure that it goes back to what's the most logical way for a citizen to input data and how can we sit there and then extract that data in the fastest and best way possible for us as well. And so really we want to start with all of the, our products we roll out, we use a low code, no code methodology using a, a very kind of standardized reference architecture that we can then over time see one, is it working for the customer? And then two, how can we iterate on that before we actually do a full blown development and, and actually tie it to our system of record? Gotcha. Um, so in addition to, you know, re renewing your license online and other um, services like that, Service Oklahoma has a specific smart form for handicap placards that are available through the portal. Um, and this, you know, made it more streamlined and accessible. Um, and you all also won the 2022 Innovations in State Government Award um, from the National Association of State Chief Administrators in September. Um, would you mind talking a little bit about this award and what it means for the department? No, I, I well, I think one is is the award is validation that our process and, and the approach that we're taking to solving this this problem is is the right path, and I think that it's validation that the, the approach we're taking um, is something that hey, you know, we really are moving in the right direction. Um, specifically on the disability placard uh, uh, pilot and and pro product that we launched, um, that was one of the very first things that as we started evaluating the current state of of services that the state offers to citizens. Um, the disability parking, you know, placard goes to some of our most um, vulnerable citizens, um, and we were making them, you know, either hand fill out a form, mail it in, and wait 20 plus days to, to receive that return, or actually having them drive into uh, Oklahoma City or Tulsa, one of our big locations, um, to get a handicap or a disability placard. And so for us, it's like, hey, this is a no-brainer. This is a, a large population of vulnerable citizens. How can we sit here and make this easier for them to actually achieve? Um, and so we looked at it from two approaches. And so I think number one is also, hey, how can we make this where their physician or their primary care doctor is the one that's filling all this out and actually submitting it on their behalf when they're actually in their actual doctor's office? And so we actually worked with the state medical board um, and worked with physicians in the state to say, hey, how can we do this where you're actually, because you're, you're already having to fill out a form for them anyways, how can we make it where you're actually filling it in, but it's immediately being sent to us so we can process it on your citizen's behalf? So we have a, you know, a synchronous process. And then we also have an asynchronous process where if you are, you're a citizen and, and you know that you have this, you can fill it out at your house and it will automatically send it to your physician for them to validate or confirm or accept. And then that goes to us as well. And so there's two different ways for a citizen to achieve this. Um, one within their own doctor's office and then two from their actual comfort of their own home. Gotcha. Um, as far as services that, you know, 
might not have that accessibility, you know, mindset um, already established. Are there any um, services that are coming online with the portal that you're excited about that also have this, you know, kind of um, approach to them with uh, accessibility at front of mind? Um, you know, and so we, and here's what I'd say is one, we're looking at our long-term product roadmap as we go. And so we're wanting at products. Um, we, we really want to look at kind of three things when we evaluate whether to add something to our portal is one, the number of citizens in, in impacts, because we want to obviously the products that we want to launch, especially first are products that are going to impact the most citizens as possible. Two, we want to provide, um, hopefully whatever we're putting online is, is making it more accessible or easier for a citizen to achieve that service. And so that has to be the second piece is it is something that currently is a pain point or, or could be done in a better way. And then the third thing is we want to be sure that, that from an administration perspective, we're being really good stewards of taxpayer dollars and that it is cheaper or the same price for us to offer this service long-term as well. So we want to be sure that we're hitting those kind of three criteria. Um, we just, and, and so I'd say the two things that we've just launched in the last kind of probably 30 or 45 days that I'm actually really proud of um, is one, we, we just launched a, a new um, name and address change for citizens for their driver's license. So in the past, they'd have to go in person or mail in a form to do that. Um, so they can now do that from their, their couch as well. And then the other one, and I think that this is a, a pretty big game changer is for um, CDL truck drivers to be able to renew their medical cards um, online because obviously they're, you know, turning the economic engines for the state and they're on the road. It is their truly their livelihood is their CDL truck driving license. Um, and so being able to actually renew that medical card without going into a physical location, which is what they had to do in the past, um, is really something that's going to be impactful for them. Um, and so I think those are two products we've put on online in the last probably 30, 45 days I'm really proud of. Um, and then we're continuing to look at, you know, what are those kind of next things for us? Um, and I think that the, the areas that we're really honing in and kind of is next, and these, these aren't necessarily what I, I'd call really super exciting product launches, but we're really trying to say, figure out how we can better serve the customer on the customer service side of things. Um, so that's an area that we've really identified as a weakness that, that we've had in the past. And so how can we improve um, and design of our, our call center and our IVR technologies? How can we add um, more AI related chatbots? How can we sit here and, and really improve our customer service? And that's gonna improve our services across the board because we'll be spending less time trying to answer questions that hopefully so one, we'll be spending less time answering questions, but also citizens will be less time waiting for us to get answers to them. So I think those are the, the next kind of really big pushes we're doing is how can we improve our customer service? Right, right. And that's all kind of grounded in the efforts of modernization. Um, so furthermore, on that point, there are plans in the works to scale the, the pilot, the disability placard um, pilot to other state services and agencies. Um, what do you believe is the most essential takeaway of the pilot success? And what do you hope to see other agencies take from that and put into place? Um, so I, I think just across the board, the number one takeaway that we've seen is that at the end of the day, citizens don't care what agency is providing them the service they want. They just want the service in the easiest, most efficient possible way they can, can receive it. And so it really is about the citizen and it's about designing things around them and getting them one, designing services around them and also putting it in, into terms and language that they can understand and trying to be consistent. And so make it where they know and, ha and have a comfort level of this is if you, you know, and this is what we try to do on any of our products. If you have a form that you have a certain order of name, address, phone number, be sure it's the same across all your products so that you sit here and you're getting a customer familiar with how you do things. And so it really is designing about around the citizen. 
Um, and how can we better put services, how can we be proactive in giving them the services they want and they need? Right. Um, one thing I did notice about the the website and the portal is that there's so there's so much emphasis on feedback. Like there's, you know, several avenues by which an Oklahoman can take to share their opinions about what the next step should be on modernizing government services. How do y'all take that feedback into consideration when moving forward with innovation and new ideas? No, I mean, the, the feedback is absolutely vital. And, and as we continue to, to mature and grow as an organization, we also wanna start actually putting metrics up online because we wanna be transparent with how we're performing with citizens as well. Um, but no, the feedback is vital for us because I think it, it does a couple of things. And, and it's actually led to several changes already is, you know, citizens come and say, hey, this is confusing for me or, the, you know, and this actually happened yesterday. This is actually a great example is we had a citizen who's um, tried to do an online driver's license renewal with us and it was rejected. Um, and we realized in the citizen con commented back of like, hey, my online driver's license renewal was rejected, but I don't know why, like what happened? And we realized, hey, our communication to those citizens when their application is rejected, whether they didn't put the right information in, whether their picture wasn't done right, whether they you know, didn't put the right form, whatever it might be, we need to do a better job of informing them why that happened. And so that's a change that our product team's working on right now is how can we give better correspondence when that happens? Um, and so I think those are the things is we're actually taking that feedback we get from citizens um, and actually putting it into our pilots. And that's the, the great thing about our methodology of using low code, no code, is it's easy for us to make changes. It's, it's very cost efficient for us to make changes because it's not the full scaled product yet. And so we want to be sure that we can really refine our products before we can, you know, actually invest long-term dollars in making it uh, a long-term product. Because we don't want to create, you know, as little, we want to create as little tech debt as possible. You know, on an outlook of like one to five years, where do you hope to take Service Oklahoma? Um, so I think for, for us, we're focused really, early on initially, we're focused on the citizen and, and really on those stereotypical DMV services. But I think there is a ton of opportunities one, to continue to, to iterate on our current services we offer. But I think that for us, we want to always be looking at how can we better connect either other agencies with citizens or citizens with other agencies. And so we really want to be that conduit to make all government services easier for citizens to achieve. Um, and so I think that's a really a short-term goal. And I think another long-term goal for us is how can we start really, we're focused on individual citizens now. How can we look at this from a business perspective down the line? Because our, our businesses and corporations in the state probably interact um, whether they're starting up or just day-to-day -day regulations of you know eight to ten different state agencies, how can we make that process easy for them as well? And how can we help facilitate that so that um, we're making you know it this a, a, as a business-friendly state as we possibly can as well? And so I think that's probably um, down the line a bit for for us, but I think that's kind of as we start thinking about that long-term vision, um, that's definitely on our kind of long-term roadmap. Jay Doyle, CEO of Service Oklahoma, the state's digital services division. You can read more about him and digital services at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. The Priorities Podcast is available wherever you hear podcasts. If you haven't already, please leave a review or a rating on the podcast page. They make it more likely that more people will find the show. Next week, you'll hear from Baltimore's Chief Data Officer on the city's new digital services efforts. You can subscribe at PrioritiesPodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This show is a production of Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher help make it happen, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. Until next week, I'm your host, Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.